Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Welcome to the Divorce Course. Welcome back, Mum. Oh, hello, Laura. Welcome, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about the financial side of where you might end up in a situation where you're separated, you might not be divorced yet, and you really might be struggling with the money side of things. And mum and I have noticed a lot of people seem to be in this situation, whether through financial abuse or just through circumstance where you haven't got your property settlement or you haven't got an agreement in place yet of who's going to get what. And you might find yourself really stuck without money. Is that right, Mama? Have you come across that a yeah. lot? Oh, so many times, Laura, so many times. And it's usually, um, it's in the very early stage, you know, so you have someone moves out and you, the, you might either be with your kids left in the house and can't pay the mortgage uh, because your husband or father has control, the, the husband has the control of the money, or you might be the person that's had to move out and the person left in the house, well, he's still got his income, he's still got his house, the house, um, but you have to start again. So it, it is um, something I always think of as a very short-term problem, mm. like it immediately crops up and so the solutions are for the immediate stuff and then there is another uh, range of things you can do uh, as you go through your process because sometimes the courts can take a year or two to hear your case. Now, I've... I've- I have come across ladies in my time who have said I can't leave because I don't work, he has all the money and I could never go to court because I don't have any money to take him to court. Um, I wouldn't be able to pay for the children. I wouldn't be able to move out of the house. I would have nowhere to go. I wouldn't be able to pay rent. What what do you say to those people? Uh, well, the court has processes and, and uh, systems in place to help people like you. So, the first emergency thing, I guess, is to pay your rent or groceries or whatever it is. Now, uh, there is a thing called spousal maintenance, mm. which is the same as like alimony in America. We all have probably heard of alimony payments. So payments by one party of a marriage or, re- or a de facto relationship, and it's important to remember de factos can do this as well, um, if it's if they've been together for two years or they have a child. Um, so the person who's earning the money can be obliged by the court, ordered by the court, to pay a certain amount to their former partner to assist them with day-to-day expenses. And there's even an application, um, which I don't think gets used often enough, for urgent maintenance where you can get into court very quickly indeed. The court doesn't need that much evidence to make an order that you get some money from your ex-partner if they're the ones who've got control of the purse strings. Okay, so before so, you move on yeah. from there, so there is the way to do it. Um, yep. How do they do it? How how okay. so so say the lady's listening now or a person's listening now, mm-hmm. um, and they're like, "That's me. I urgently need to get access to funds." Um, yes. How do they do it? Okay, so you bring an application to the court, um, and you'll use your 
if your social security card hasn't issued yet, if you're not getting social security, um, you can use a hardship form to file it for free and you file an application in the court for urgent spousal maintenance. Okay, and we'll put um, a link to that in we'll our put the link to the show notes. Document below. Yeah. Uh, you can use some of the free 15-minute, um, 30-minute phone consultations with some lawyers, mm-hmm. uh, if you like, um, and find a lawyer who's prepared to um, sort of spec that early stage, get get it into court and get you started mm. with some money. Um, or you may have access to a couple of thousand dollars or borrow from your family or whatever just to get you into court to get that maintenance started. So, okay. Um, and don't forget if there's children then you must apply for child support. We don't have to, but you should immediately. Mm. Um, and that's, you can do that online. Uh, and that's through uh, Services Australia, I think it's called now. It used to be Centrelink. Yes. And through MyGov. And we'll put a link to get- that as well. Can I ask a question about that? Um, yeah. And, and we'll go back as well to applying for urgent funds as well. But if you are, say, parenting and you're 50-50 so your partner your ex-partner has them 50% of the time and you have them 50% of the time does that mean you can't apply for child support no not at all actually that's a very common misunderstanding or misconception so 50-50 childcare doesn't mean that your child support cancels each other out, you know, Mm. your obligations to each other. The person with the higher income will still have to pay the person with the lower income Mm. some money to support the children. Mm. Uh, It's done on a calculation because the courts uh, aren't going to let the kids suffer for 50% of the time a lower standard of living Mm. than they could have at the other person's house. That's just not going to happen. So So always find out. Yes. Do the, go through the process, do the application, and you might be surprised. Now, the child support application is not in court. It is just that online. No. And we have done an episode on child support before, um, mm-hmm. and we probably will do many more as well. But it, literally, you just click on the form, um, and you answer the questions, and you go through the process. Um, it does, like you said, Mum, have a cup of tea and a bicky because it does take yep. a little while. Um, <laughs> but does. put all the information in and do yourself a favour and get that sorted. So if you think, oh, no, I, I, I'm totally struggling for money, I can't provide for my children, child support is one way that you can go. Now, there may be people with partners who just ad hoc give them money when they ask. Um, what, do you, what do you say to those people? Okay, I say to those people, you don't want to expose yourself to what I call good girl, bad girl, where Mm. if you're doing what they want, you get the money. If you don't do what they want, you don't get the money. Um, Bring your application, like apply for child support. It's free Mm. um, and just find out what you're entitled to. And uh, if you're getting money a bit at a time, if you feel even slightly anxious that it's not going to come or if it's withheld for a day or two, um, don't put yourself in that situation where you're still in the power of your ex-partner. Mm. So get the child support assessed and and get it paid to you regularly on the correct amount and if he stops paying child support, then you need to ask the agency to collect it for you right. and they can access his wages, they can take his... Um, Uh, his tax returns Mm. from time to time. They can even access bank accounts. So it's one thing less to fight about. Mm. And and these are strands of support for you. Mm. So you also have um, 
Yes, so you also have some access to Centrelink sometimes. But a lot of people with Centrelink, um, if if their partner's in a business with their husband, ex-husband, or if they're still in a partnership or a company, Mm. they might find it pretty hard to prove to Centrelink that they need to get a sole-supporting parent's benefit or or anything. Mm. And in that case, that's when you bring your application to the court because even if you get some Centrelink payments, uh, the court ignores them for the purpose of calculating what you should be being paid uh, by your ex-partner because um, they're protecting the public purse. So your your partner and you had an arrangement when you were together about how the work would be divided. And it just so happens if you're one of the people who was only working part-time or not working, um, that your your work wasn't paid in money. So um, you don't let that uh, hold you down, you know, yeah. and don't feel guilty. Um, otherwise, your partner, um, former partner, has got all of that money to himself. Mm. He'll be saving money. Mm. So it's for the kids. Yeah. Um, don't let guilt, you know, you've got to try and think of it like a business transaction. Mm. Um, and and you need to get your processes in place to support yourself. Okay, so, so you Im- can cope. So immediately, once you get out, you can access. Um, you can you can do an urgent application to the court, which we'll put a link in to mm. get access to funds straight away. Um, you yep. can apply for child support. Um, If you've been in a domestic violence situation, you can also apply for a thing called victim's assist. Is that right? Yes, you can. Mm. And that can usually get you um, a few thousand dollars per person Mm. who has been directly affected by the violence. The only trouble with that is it it can be a bit of a delay, but still the support services will put that on to you uh, for you, give you the directions to go, DV support. I just wanted to mention, Laura, something that I realised I didn't say. Sometimes people get along very well after they've separated and there is a guaranteed amount or, you know, a regular amount coming in. That doesn't mean you can't get that recorded in an order so that when you do start sort of ramping up for property settlement, Mm. uh, they don't stop paying you. You know, you need that security to know that if you spend your last $300 on groceries, that there will be money coming in tomorrow. Yes. Um, yeah. That's the trouble. That, otherwise, it's just too stressful and too awful. So just insist on getting it recorded by consent order if everything's hunky-dory. Now, we've talked about this before with the different types of separation. You could have an amicable relationship separation at the beginning and then everything goes sour when you start talking about who's going to get the house or who's going to get what furniture. And that's when if you are relying on regular payments from the father or the mother of the, of, of your children, then you, you may find yourself in trouble because you go, oh, well, if I push for keeping the couch, I might not get paid, like you said, the good girl, bad girl situation. Yep. So that's why yep. it's important to have it recorded. Um, even if you don't make it an order, does it help if you've got it written down and both signed? Does that help? Yes, yes, you could do it that way. Yeah. Um, it's not enforceable that way, but certainly it's. Um, if he stops, then you can use that as evidence of his capacity mm. to pay you. Mm. So you have to prove two things to get ma- maintenance from the court or spousal maintenance from the court. Mm. One is that you have a need, that you, you don't, haven't got enough money on your own resources to pay for what you need to pay. And the other thing we have to show is that he could afford it. 
Okay. And, and is that so what the urgent application is? Is that the urgent application or is that a different yes. thing? Okay. Uh, the urgent application, you you really only have to establish a need. You don't need to. It's a very short application um, and they don't take a lot of evidence, mm. uh, but they might make an order. And if they find out later that, that they shouldn't have ordered so much, they might sort of reduce it or take it off on property settlement. But they, it's kind. it was designed for people who were in severe financial distress straight after separation. Right. Mm. Okay. So you've got those avenues to start with. Now, yeah. um, the other thing that I've, I've come across a lot of people that are having issues with is they, you know, they they need to go to court. Um, they need to yeah. speak to a lawyer. They need to do these, you know, big things that, yes, we can guide you through doing them, but sometimes you do need a lawyer. Um, yep. And they don't have access to the family money. So they've got money, but maybe the um, the father of the children or their ex-partner has just got control of everything and they've got no way to access the money to get help for a lawyer. So one person has all these, you know, um, legal support and help and they're paying lots of money. And then the other person in the, in the relationship or the ex-relationship has got no financial support. So what do they do? So they can't get legal help. So what do you suggest to those people? Mm. Okay. So sometimes uh, those people may be eligible for legal aid. Mm-hmm. So that would be something you could do. But a lot of people, again, if their money, if their, if their name is tied up in the business or if they just, um, there's just altogether too many assets or they're still working. Mm. You know, you might, you might, you could work full time and cover the costs maybe of your house and so forth. But how do you pay legal fees as on top of all that? Mm. So if there's like a pool of money sitting on the other somewhere in joint names or in his name and he's got control, uh, then you can bring an application to the court for what's called an interim property distribution mm-hmm. and you can ask for some money. So if there's $60,000 in a bank account, you can ask for 30000 to pay for your lawyers to get the ball rolling. Hmm. Um, and that way he's got thirty, and you've got thirty. you know. Okay, and, and it's, what... It's a good quick way of, of splitting up that money. Is that another form that's on the portal? Uh, yes, it's an application. Yeah. Again, it, and it, it, yes, and it's, you just ask that like I'm using the example of $60,000 cash is sitting in a joint account somewhere, you want 30 of it, you ask for it, the court will probably make that order. And then the court has to know is that that's not going to be more than your ultimate share Mm. of the property. And it kind of gets taken off at the end of what your entitlement would be. Okay. So So, at the end, when you finally do get to dividing up all your property and all your assets, you'll go, well, I got that 30 grand at the beginning because I needed to help pay for the lawyers so that needs to be taken off my tab okay I I, look that that's that's comforting to know because I know there are a lot of women out there particularly in financial abuse situations where you know their their partners and themselves maybe are quite wealthy the doctors surgeons you know that kind of thing and and they don't qualify for any legal aid they don't qualify for any kind of assistance but have no access to money Um, so if you are in that situation where you really want to get the legal help so that you get a fair property settlement, you get a fair, um, you know, children's orders, etc. Then you can do that application, which we will also put in the show notes in the link. Yeah, yeah. So, so also, if there's not a pool of money somewhere, say there's not a joint account with money, 
but your ex-partner's earning heaps more than you do mm. and he or she is able to pay their lawyers no worries and you can't, mm. uh, then you can also make ask the court to make an order if there's no money to give you that uh, we call it a dollar-for-dollar dollar order mm. and that every time the um, usually the father or husband pays money to his lawyer, he pays money to your lawyer. <laughs> As well, wowzers! So, well, yeah, that makes it one. that makes it fair. Um, what, well, it does. What What's the name of that? What's the it's name? Called a, we call it a dollar for dollar um, interim property order, right? Uh, and it it's um, it, it works. Uh, you have people trying to be silly about it, like um, in the early days. Uh, some one fellow I read about on an appeal, so it's a published case. Uh, he said, "Oh, well, I'm not paying my lawyers," and he just didn't pay anything. So now the orders, I think, say whenever your lawyer renders a, his lawyer renders an account, mm. then he has to pay her, her lawyer that amount. Okay. So then they they told their lawyers not to issue accounts, but all of that stuff's been sorted out now. So it's a pretty good order to get, <laughs> and the court isn't really. You know, like you say, if you've got a, a, a very um, well-heeled husband, like mm. in a good job, and particularly um, a lot of those jobs require the the mother or the woman to stay at home to keep everything running there, mm. and that's just how the division of labour w- was. You know, and mm. the woman staying at home has enabled uh, the man in a lot of cases to be able to earn that big income. So don't feel guilty about it. Mm. You know, it's just. A way of sorting stuff out, and it so, um, and you're not trapped then. So that that to the people that yeah. are, that are worried that they can't leave um, because they have no access to money, they've got no job, they've got no way to support their children, or they've got you know nowhere to go because they can't pay rent. You can leave. You can get that access. Um, you know, you can mm. uh, get yourself um, fairly. You know, distribute, and I know we talked about this in like the beginning, beginning episodes. But it's important yeah. to remember: just because the other party has earned the money, does not mean that it's their money. And in the end, in property settlement, as you said, Mum, it is divided evenly based on the fact that you've been together for a long time. Is that right? Mm. Well, it's not evenly, but I mm. guess not always. But it's it's based on whatever you had at the beginning of the relationship. And then what's happened since the relationship, and if there were any big lumps. But if you're married, if you're a, a domestic cleaner married to a brain surgeon, mm. um, so your income's about forty thousand a year, and his is about three hundred thousand a year. That doesn't mean he's made a greater contribution. Mm. If both, if you're both working as hard as you can and putting everything you earn towards the family, then that would be an equal contribution. Mm. But, but the court has to look at who had what at the beginning and what's been happening since. And if you've um, been a stay-at-home mum your whole time, that that is also a good contribution too, isn't it, though? Is that considered? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and even if you weren't a mother, even if you were staying home, keeping the house nice and, and um, you know, entertaining and whatever you were required to do because of your husband's role, mm. um, if that's a decision you made together, Mm. Uh, then there's no penalty. And that was a very early case, 1978 case, Mallet, that says that homemaker contributions are valuable contributions. That's good to know. And that's an important yeah. thing that, you know, I don't think that's fully out there for a lot of women. They don't know that. Um, and that's, mm. you know, you need to know that you're not immediately um, – 
you know, thrown out on the street. This is my house. This is my money. You know, that's not how it works. So you're going to be okay. Yeah, and a lot of people, um, some men think that and they say that, and particularly if you're in a manipulative or controlling relationship or even, you know, high conflict, um, but you'll hear from uh, women that their partners have said, You'll be on the streets. Uh, you'll never get any money. It's my house. It's my income. Um, mm. You know, you'll have nothing. That's just part of normal. It's part of financial abuse mm. um, and isn't true. So a lot of women, they leave when they can't stay. Um, and many women end up either in the domestic violence shelters or at their mum's or at their brother and sister's place for a few weeks or till they get all of these things in place. Mm. But the sooner you start with your child support, uh, your centre link if you can get some, and your urgent spousal maintenance if you need it, um, and an interim application for some money to pay costs, Mm. um, legal fees or to keep you going, um, if you get them all rolling, um, then that'll be the sooner that you can get your own place and begin to live your own life and also to divide the property ultimately. So mm. don't don't I know it's hard if, if it's not your decision that the relationship's broken up and you're in the house. Um, try not to be um, frozen with your worries. Uh, I've written um, a couple of chapters on this in in that book I'm writing Mm. and I actually have on day one do this and on day two do that just to, you know, baby steps because it's a hell of a shock to separate. Yeah. And and, um, one advice that you have given in the past in other episodes is, you know, consider whether or not you should leave the house because um, if you can't afford to go anywhere and they're telling you you have to leave, do they have to leave? Uh, the court will only let one person stay in the house. If you brought an application um, to stay in the house and have him leave, mm. uh, then the, the court has decided in the past that it's unreasonable to ask parties who've separated to remain in the house. Mm. And they may, if you don't have the resources to move, mm. uh, it may well be they order the other person to move. Okay. And that's an application you can bring to the court as well, using your application in a case. Okay. And and the order would be that you have, it's called sole occupancy. Mm. Um, and it would be sensible if, for instance, you've got, you're keeping the kids and he's a fly-in, fly-out worker, so he's only home once a fortnight anyway. Mm. Or if he's got the money to rent a new apartment or if his mother's got, you know, a rental or there's a rental property that's near his work, something like that. The court looks at what's convenient. And mostly with the house, you're there, the kids' schools are there, and if they're mostly with you, then you should think about asking to stay in the house. Okay. Um, that doesn't mean you have to pay all the mortgage. Yeah. Uh, you can still get a partial property settlement to help with pay, paying the mortgage or you can ask for spousal maintenance to assist with that. All right. Can I ask a question? I know being a lawyer, you know, you go, oh, you make an application, oh, you make an application. Can we, mm. just, can we just talk through it um, very simply um, when mm. you've said to make an application for urgent maintenance, etc. So what are the step-by-steps that these people should be doing if they can't get 30 minutes with legal aid or with another lawyer to help them do it? Okay. So um, 
to make an application to the court mm -hmm. simply means to get a document, yeah. <clears throat> download the document, fill it in, and what other documents they require you to fill in. So there might be a document that actually asks for the court to make an order. Yeah. Um, so you might say, let's say we're doing one for everything, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. So you fill it all in with your names and everything, and then you say the order sort one uh, that the wife have sole occupancy in, of the house or that I have sole occupancy of the house and that he leaves. Uh, number two, uh, that he pays me uh, $500 a week by way of um, spousal maintenance. Mm -hmm. um, and number three, uh, that uh, the husband and the wife or the, you know, part, re applicant responded, do all acts and things, do all acts and things and sign all documents necessary to uh, give to the wife uh, one half of the contents of the joint bank account at national bank account number, da, 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 um, or instead of one half, $40,000, $30,000, you know, yeah. whatever it is, by way of interim property settlement. And sometimes you can agree that the other person gets half. So that it's, so if you've got 60000 in a bank account, you could make an ask for an order that the court do, that the parties do all acts and things so that each of them gets $30,000 from that joint bank account mm. uh, by way of interim property. So that's your application and those are the orders. The orders are the trickiest bits to draft. And in the, the application next, it says orders sought. That's one of the questions, yeah, isn't it, with the big empty what box? what do you want the court to order? Yeah, yeah, and so you'd write down what, what it is that you want the court to do. Okay, then what yeah. do you do? Get it signed um, by a JP? Also, there's interim orders and final orders. These are interim orders we're talking about here. Okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. And then you have to give the court an indication of the final order. So you might want 70% of the property so that the wife receives 70% of the property um, and superannuation, mm -hmm. something like that. Okay, so then you've got to fill in your financial details on a financial statement. Right. It's pretty self-explanatory. Don't get too tied up in the dollars, uh, in the cents, sorry, just round the figures And up. it's just asking you basically how much does your electricity bill cost, what kind of yep. car running costs do you have, how much is, is that kind of it, just kind of so that the judge can see what your it's, financial situation is? It is. It's a little, it's a bit of a budget really, writing out your budget, mm. uh, writing out uh, what your assets are as far as you know and mm. what his assets are as far as you know. So the court's got a sort of a snapshot picture. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing that you do is fill in what's called an affidavit. Um, but it's really just your story. Mm. So uh, you just – they've got some examples on the websites for the family law courts um, at this moment. They've got them and it starts off with – I am, put your name, um, and, and the respondent is such and such who was my husband. Um, I am 40 years of age being born on the, put the date of birth and he is whatever age I work as, he works as. So you just put your little history there. There's mm -hmm. three children. We got married on this day or we lived together this day, married on that day. Date of separation was this day. And, and that just gives an absolute potted history to the judge. And then you say why you can't afford. Just tell your story. Tell your truth. Just say, I'm you know, struggling when to When we pay. were married, yeah. I didn't work. When we were together, I didn't work. It was agreed I'd mind the kids. Or when we were married, I didn't work. He said he'd look after me or something like that. Mm. Um, and Or since we've separated, I've lost my job. And to the best of my knowledge, he's earning this much and I haven't got any money. 
um, just tell your story. I need this much to get my rent, you know, as in my financial statement. Mm. And just the judge, it's got to be fairly short. The affidavit can't be more than 10 pages long. Mm -hmm. um, And that should stop it meandering. So that's your... So those are the documents you file in the court. Your application, initiating application, it's called, mm-hmm. uh, your financial statement and an affidavit. You get them signed in front of a JP somewhere, um, maybe shopping centre or whatever, and then you lodge them. And, and I think we talked in detail about how to do that. Yes, and the there's, documents. there's an yeah. episode on um, affidavit writing as well. But, yes, so you mm-hmm. lodge them on the yes. court portal. Um, yeah, so that'll take you a day or two to get that sorted. Many cups of tea um, and lots of working things out. I'd say I'd um, say probably three days, Mum. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> Not everyone's yeah. a lawyer, just so you know. It's three days. Yeah. it is. It yeah. is, and and it's a pain in the back. But it's side. worth it. It yeah. is worth so you, it. You get that done. You file it in the court, um, and then you serve it on the other person. So filing sure it, it filing it just means submitting it online, yes? Uploading That's right. it, submitting and it they, online. And then you get one back that has or that you'll find them on the portal mm. afterwards. And we've talked about how to register on the portal with the little stamp on it. Yep. Then you've got to get someone to give that to him. Yep. Um maybe he's got a lawyer, you know So serving so you, you write, negotiate. So you write to the lawyer and say, Will you accept service of my documents? Yep. And of if my the, documents the if lawyer they say says no if the lawyer says yes, you send it. If they say yep. no, and that's your job of serving, if they say no, what do you do? Oh, well, then you just uh, get someone you know to drop it over to them. Okay. Deliver the hard copy of the documents to your partner. Okay. Um, you know, so wherever you know they're going to be. Yep. Uh, it's better someone who can say, I gave those documents to him, and so they're not going to believe you if you say it. So mm. it has to be someone who knows him mm. and who's prepared to put that in because if you turn up on your first court day, hoping to get, you know, some money on a regular basis to support yourself plus a lump sum so you can do your court court case and not have to do this stressful stuff all by yourself. Mm. Um, And he doesn't turn up. You have to convince the judge that he knows it's on. Mm. And that's why you have to prove that you've served. So you'll do an affidavit. If if you've got an avoidant ex-partner who just has stuck their head in the sand, doesn't want to get involved, You've got no – because normally they would answer your documents with what's called a response. Mm. And uh, then really, you know, I think it's probably six out of ten times, it's just agreed between the parties through their lawyers how much will be given to each person. It's not often it goes all the way to court. So if if you make that application, you've done all of that, you send it to their lawyers or you send it to them, so you're saying then really the lawyers or you and your lawyer or you and your partner, you talk it over and you both come to an agreement. So you you only end up going to actual court if nobody ever comes to the agreement. Is that right? That's right. And and you'll be very glad that you started it because, you know, the only way you're going to get money um, is for the court to order it. So yeah. um, it's kind of a shoot first, ask questions later mm. thing that, you know, file it and then try and settle it before the court date. And if on the court date or if it's coming up to the court date and they haven't answered and they haven't put anything in the court, then you get your friend who gave the documents to him or you yourself if you gave it to the lawyers um, to do a little affidavit just saying your story of how you've given the documents to your partner. And how and can then, you prove uh, if they have can to, you the court take will make an order? Sorry, can um, you take a photo them being there? Yeah, can you take a photo of proof of service like I don't know them 
you handing it over or is that is that no, or you just need to write it work. okay you need to you need to swear an affidavit your friend needs to or whoever you've asked to serve the documents okay. needs to swear an affidavit they've gave, given it to him and um, they know him because they had a photo or because they've known him before or okay. whatever okay. Uh, or he said he was so um, the court you have to have someone serve the other party who's got no reason to lie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then and you can understand it. It'd be terrible if the court would just didn't double check that. That's true. People yeah. might not be sneaky. Know. So, so if if the if your ex partner has been served, you've made that application. They don't say anything. They don't turn up because obviously they're avoidant. Mm. Um, the court can still make a ruling even if they don't show, and you've got yes, proof. They can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As um, long as you convince them that that your ex knows about it, yeah. What about time. what about um, high conflict? What do you expect to occur from someone doing that? Oh, uh, you can expect a, a response to be filed and quite a nasty affidavit. Okay, <laughs> um, and you can expect them to sort of slug it out to every to the last breath, I guess. But usually, the lawyer can talk them around. Okay. Um, um, yeah. What about controlling and manipulative? Uh, again, um, those sort of people might not want to lose their control mm. by having agreeing to an order. So they might try, for instance, to say, look, you don't need that. I'll just give you the money. I'd suggest you do need an order mm. just for your safety and protection and so the good girl, bad girl thing is not going on. Yeah. Um, yep, and, you know, some of those people, um, he, he might uh, want to fight you all the way. Mm. Um and so be it, you know, mm. so be it. So but basically what you've covered here, Mum, is for people that find themselves in a situation where they've got no access to their funds or mm-hmm. they don't work and the other person does and, and and the other person can afford lawyers or they can't afford lawyers or, you know, they're, they're, they're unable to, to live with what they've got, you can access funds really through child support through applying for a spousal maintenance urgently or normal and also applying for the dollar for dollar court um, cost order order. and and really realistically it's going to involve the child supports filling in all the forms on the services australia website the spousal maintenance is filling in a form and a financial and an affidavit and that's really you know, a little bit of work, but getting yourself sorted, I guess. Yeah. So, Laura, I was thinking the way that we presented it today is that the application to the court, you can do one initiating application mm. and in the interim orders, you c- you don't have to do one for every type of order you're seeking, just list them all down. So your first order might be that you get some 30000 or 10000 from the joint account. Uh, the second order might be that you get $300 a week for you to live on mm. and the you know so or the or um that uh that or there might be an order for a dollar for dollar but you can put them all in the one document mm. uh, so don't forget too um the dollar for dollar order is is also only used when there isn't enough cash to give to you because right. you don't want to put that that area of control in the other person's hands so whereas yeah. Our whole aim is to kind of um, sever that financial relationship and give a person independence. And if Mm. your lawyer hasn't discussed this, Mm. 
um, or recommended these things, um, then you might want to see how experienced they actually are. Yeah, okay. Uh, so so realistically, in the end, um, you know, there are avenues, there's ways to go about getting that help that you need. It Really, you're going to have to do a little bit of hard work and if your lawyer is saying things that are contradictory to this and it is 2021 in what year, May? May? <laughs> um, maybe you need to think about what, you know, what, what legal experience they do have and maybe raise this with them and say, hey, what, is this an option? But yeah, it's yeah. all about extracting yourself from the control or just getting yourself ready for your new life, really, right. and, and, and right. setting yourself up for financial independence. So yeah. I want to thank you, Mum, again for your wisdom and help with everyone. We will put the links for those in the show notes. You can jump onto our other episodes that talk you through how to serve documents, how to file documents, how to use the court portal, and also how to write an affidavit. Of course, Mum, I always ask you at the end, you know, what, what's your, you know, lasting words of wisdom <laughs> for anyone going through this kind of situation at the moment? Oh, yeah, look, it's, it's really one foot in front of the other um, and you just uh, begin to take the steps no matter how bad you feel. You need to set your own account up, have any income you've got going to a different account, preferably to a different bank, and just uh, quietly and calmly work through the documents. Be gentle with yourself mm. and, and it will pass. This will pass. And, of course, We've given general advice. This isn't specific legal advice for anybody, but mm. hopefully it, it helps you and, and you will get through it. Mm. You will. And for those struggling with guilt, remember that you too have contributed to the the family and the relationship and, and running the running the household. So you are just as entitled to financial help as you know as is your yeah. ex-partner so don't exactly feel like right. you have to do everything that they say so yeah um i want to thank you again mum and uh wishing everybody the best of luck and again if you want to reach out to us you can send a message on instagram on the divorce course or you can message us on facebook the divorce course podcast and yeah we'd love you to rate and review us as well all right thank you again okay. mum bye if you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording in 2020.